Hello, and welcome to the Naked Truth Podcast, the next evolution of the long-running YouTube series of the same name, the show that discusses life and all manner of topics in a most vulnerable state. Welcome, everyone. In this episode, we're going to talk about body image, and I am delighted to bring on the first-ever guest of the Naked Truth vlog series, and now the first-ever guest of the Naked Truth Podcast, the one and only Megan Tonges. Welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you for having me. It's been a minute, but I'm back. I'm excited. Wow. How have you been over the past seven years since oh you were gosh. on The Naked Truth? I'm very much the same in some ways, but a lot has happened, and uh, I'm feeling like a much more grown-up, tired version of myself. <laughs> right? I know. We all feel that. That is very, very real. Yeah. But before we jump into that, let's take a trip back in time and revisit The Naked Truth on Body Image. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Naked Truth. I'm Trisha Hirschberger, and uh, this is a very special Naked Truth because I'm doing it live, and it's the first ever guest on the show, Miss Megan Tondes. Welcome, Megan. Thank you for having me. As always, I enjoy being naked, so whenever I can do that on camera, here I am. <laughs> See, and I knew you would be the perfect person to have as a guest on here. So for people who don't know Megan, um, she's a singer, songwriter, and I believe your Twitter says specifically, here, wait, let me see, just your average body-positive, puppy-loving nerd. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's accurate. Well, perfect for this, then, because you get to love your body naked on camera. That's right. A lot of a lot of old school Tanja's videos, I think, actually involved me without clothing on, because I was like, eh, whatever, no one will see anything, and I don't have to put pants on. So awesome. Um, so before we jump into uh, body image, which is what I want to talk about today, I really quick want to thank Victoria, Dominic, China, Arian, Joel, and Harrison, who all sent me their own naked vlogs this week. <sighs> There's so many of you guys this week. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, Sam Elder, I want to thank you for the suggestion uh, that I also told to Miss Megan Tonges uh, to put a laser pointer on your chest so that while we're doing this live, if we start to see the laser, we know it's gone down too far. I don't think either of us actually set that up, did you, Megan? No. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, I don't think either of us actually sent that up, but it was a very good idea, and I thank you for it. Um, last week, we did the Naked Truth on Making Friends and some tips on that, and some comments that I really liked were from James Cheek who said, um, on the note of not changing yourself or other people, it's a fine line. Know that not all change is bad, and don't be afraid to broaden your horizons just because it's new and different. I agree with that. Good point. Thank you very much. And David Wood said, I think the biggest step to making new friends is to force yourself to be in places where there are a number of people you don't know. Saying yes to more opportunities leads to more people, which leads to more friends. And I think that... Um, Megan can probably agree with me on this, that uh, when you put yourself out there in the world of YouTube, you're putting yourself out there to so many people at the same time, yeah. and yes, it gives you the opportunity to connect with more people. It also gives you the opportunity for a lot of backlash. How do you feel about that, Megan? Um, yeah, it's one of those things where, I mean, I, some of my best friends are probably because I met them off of YouTube, and I did videos, and they did videos, and we met at a conference or something. Um, even my roommate is someone off of YouTube that I initially met, you know, through that whole medium. Um, but yeah, there's always the, the potential for backlash. I mean, anytime that you're putting yourself out there and you're giving your opinion or just sharing your personality, you're in people that like you, you're in people that don't like you, and... I think, uh, you know, when I first started, I was I was 19 on this site, and, like, YouTube was barely a thing. It was not what it is now. And uh, it was, you know, it's, uh, I, I think, like, I definitely put out my truest self, especially in the beginning, and 
something that I continued throughout because I realized that I would be miserable if I was pretending to be someone else and had to keep a character up. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just did a bunch of collaborations this week up in San Francisco on shows that don't know me and some shows that have very different fan bases from SourceFed or from this show, The Naked Truth. And uh, there were definitely a lot of people that uh, were not my people in the comment <laughs> section. Uh, they don't like the happy, bubbly thing, and that's all I got. So I don't know what else to tell them. Um, I mean, yeah, you're, you're lucky when you have, like, your people. Like, you, I mean, I imagine over on SourceFed you have, like, your fans and the people that just know you and enjoy you. And then whenever you go into any other arena, you always have to just prepare that people aren't going to get it right away and all you can do is continue to be you and eventually people will like it, hopefully. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. I love you. You're a perfect guest. Um, so this week I want to talk about uh, the naked truth on body image. Okay. And I, you're the perfect guest to have for this because you are always like, yep, this is how I look, and I love it, and anyone who wants to give me crap for it can go screw themselves, and I absolutely love that. So um, I guess one of my big questions for you, Megan, is were you always this confident about your body image? No. Uh, you know, I grew up I grew up in a small boating town in Michigan where I felt like no one looked like me, and I was totally bullied and made fun of and, uh, and all these horrible things, and... Somewhere along the way, I think I just had good friends and family. Like, I think I just surrounded myself with good people that, um, you know, were going to give it to me straight, but also, like, supported anything that I wanted to do. And at the end of the day, we're like, we just want you to be happy. So do whatever makes you happy. And uh, I've been I've been lucky to kind of grow into myself. Um, and I, I don't think that being comfortable with your body or being comfortable with yourself is something that happens overnight. And I don't think that it's something that is 100% all of the time. I think that... We all have our days where, like, we wake up and we don't feel good about something or we don't feel like we're at our best. Um, but I think being an adult and kind of being mature is realizing that, like, that day is not every day. And it's – the life is too long and the world is too big to uh, to be miserable while you're living in it. And that's kind of my philosophy. Like, I – I don't know. I think there's some point, especially in the past few years, I've just gotten more comfortable with who I am and I realize that, like – being a different size is not the end of the world, and if anything, it's afforded me opportunities that I wouldn't have otherwise because people naturally doubt me, um, and when I do things well, they're like, oh, wait, I have to completely recheck everything I thought. Um, so if anything, it's, you know, it's a good learning situation for people and making people aware that, like, just because someone is a different size and you doesn't make them unintelligent, doesn't make them um, less sexy, doesn't make them uh, less funny or less able to be successful. Well, and unfortunately, people are judged all the time on their body. Like, as hilarious as this seems now, in high school, I used to get made fun of all the time for being completely flat-chested. <laughs> I know. I know. That's nuts. Um, I just, I was a late bloomer. Um, they actually called me two-backed Trisha because I had a back on both sides. Oh, um, so so crappy, right? Um, yeah, super crappy. You just um, like you just like send pictures of yourself now to all those people that made fun of you and be like, ha, <laughs> look at. <it." laughs> well, I, I feel like even if I was, even if I had the chest that I have now back then, they would have made fun of me for that. Uh, so yeah, people pick on anyone who's different from themselves just because they're insecure, um, which kind of goes back to my naked truth on bullying. It's true. Um, people, yeah, are, I, people that are just miserable want to, like, the only way to make yourself feel better, especially for those kind of people, is just to put other people down. Like, if you feel like you're better off than someone else, then 
things don't seem as bad. And unfortunately, in high school, it's like everyone's so awkward and so different, has no idea who they are. We're all like struggling to figure out what we want to do and who we're supposed to be. That unfortunately, instead of kind of like building each other up, we want to tear the people down because we feel like if we're higher up, then it means that we're better, we're more important. And at the end of the day, it's like that's not going to make you happy. It's not fulfilling in any way. Um, and I think that people learn that, some people learn that as they get older, and some people hold on to that very high school mentality of, like, you're not like me, so you must be bad, and I'm going to, for some reason, I'm better than you. And it's just unnecessary. And speaking of high school, I think that's when a lot of people put the most pressure on themselves, both men and women. You know, guys are like, oh, I have to be, I have to look jacked like the, you know, the high school football guys and girls are, you know, oh, I really have to look sexy. How were you going into high school versus coming out? Like, where was your high school body image mentality? Oh, man. Um, I think in high school, I kind of had just accepted that I was, I was like, a foot taller than everyone, and I was, like, 60 pounds heavier than everyone. Like, that was just part of kind of who I'd been known as growing up. And I was going to high school with all the same kids that I went to middle school with, that I went to elementary school with. So, but when the time I got to high school, I think that I wasn't bullied as much. I feel like people kind of were just like, oh, well, Megan's going to do what she wants to do. And I was lucky enough to be in theater and be in choir and places where I got to be creative. And people, um, not that people didn't judge me, but I feel like I, I kind of got to showcase different sides of myself. And people appreciated that regardless of how I looked. Um, so I think that... Coming into high school, I was terrified because I didn't know what was going to happen. And leaving high school, I was pretty confident that wherever I went, I was going to kind of make friends and be creative. And, and I was so ready to go to college. I was so ready to be done. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's much easier when you go out and you find other people that have the same interests as you. Um, yeah. It's high school's I don't know. For me, high school was not awesome. Uh, for you? No. High school... <laughs> I don't even, I feel like I blocked it out. Um, I feel like that my dog is being so loud right now. Margo. I can hear Margo. I know, because Keith just came home. Don't come in my room, I'm naked. <laughs> Do you not let Margo see you naked? Oh, no, no, she can see me naked, but, uh, you know, if the roommate comes in, he will be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> or if Margo can show her a laptop or something. Um, what was the question? <laughs> okay, well, let, uh, uh, the, we were talking about high school, but I also want to ask you, especially in high school, how much did you let the media affect how you felt about your body? Oh, I mean, I feel like it was... I don't, like, consciously remember looking at magazines and stuff and saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not like that, so something's wrong with me. But I do remember kind of that pressure looking around um, and seeing that, like, characters on my favorite TV shows didn't really look like me, and if they did look like me, they were usually kind of like the ones that the guys didn't date, and they were, if, if they had any kind of personality, it was just like they were funny, and uh, they were outspoken, but they weren't really the love interest. Um, I think that was something that kind of stuck with me early on, and um, and I definitely felt that, I don't know that I felt the pressure enough to like lose weight, or to do anything, because I was kind of set in my ways of like, I'm just going to do whatever I want, and, and whatever I end up being is what I'm going to be. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, I think I fell into that role of feeling like, oh, I'm probably not going to have a boyfriend. I'm probably not going to do any of these things because that's kind of for thin, pretty girls. Um, and, I mean, that's completely changed, obviously, <laughs> since, you know, I grew up and realized that boys 
like touching all girls of all kinds. <laughs> so you don't have to be a certain size because you will find boys that want to touch you. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Like 17-year-old Megan did not realize that. She thought she'd be like alone forever um, and that it wasn't for her. And that's super sad looking back at that. Like I know there's so many girls that feel that on both ends. Like at the time thinking, oh, to be thin and pretty, like that's where it's at and they must be happy. And the reality is that a lot of those girls were just as miserable and critiqued their bodies just as much, if not more, than me because uh, they were held to a whole different standard of what you're supposed to be, whereas I was at a point where I was like, I'm never going to be that standard. I've never been in that place, so I don't know that pressure. Um, so I was yeah, kind of looking in that regard. There's a lot of different, um, you know, things that girls try to force themselves to be, and guys too, like I said, in that age range. For me, it, 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 again, it's so funny, but for me, I was just like, Oh, I'm never going to have boobs. I'm never going to look like a woman. Um, like, when I was little and watched The Little Mermaid, I didn't want to be Ariel. I wanted to be Ursula. Oh, I, well, I want to be Ursula. Ursula's the best. I, like, I used to, like, I put on red lipstick and, like, give myself fake stuffed boobs and be like, that's right, I'm Ursula. Um, and <laughs> I remember, I remember being like 11 years old and having to wear a bra. Like, it's such a different world. Like, I don't, I never had that stuff in my bra moment. Yeah, I, I cried in school because in eighth grade, because they made us do a scoliosis test, which I don't know if you remember those, but like, they yeah. make you take off your shirt and like check your spine. And mm -hmm. I was the only girl that didn't have a bra on because everyone else my age had developed, and I was like, I don't want to take off my shirt in front of all these people. Like, I'm not. I don't have a bra on, and then everyone kind of laughed at me because I didn't have a bra, and it was awful. Whereas now, every I feel like everyone our age, if they can get away without wearing a bra, they're so happy. Yeah, now, <laughs> that's amazing. Now, it, the grass is always greener. I know. <laughs> if only we knew. <laughs> um, so then, okay, now that you're part of media and social media, has being a YouTube personality affected your feelings about your body image? Ooh. Uh, I think, ooh, when I first started, like I said, I was 19, mm -hmm. and I was comfortable enough with my body, but probably not where I am now, um, so joining YouTube and making videos was a real slap in the face of reality, of trolling and bullying and people saying awful, horrible things about uh, just kind of equating the way that I looked to I kind of kind of my worth as a person and like my parents shouldn't love me and I totally had all those comments of like you should kill yourself and all these things that I went through and um, part of my healing process I think has always been to, to take whatever whatever's happening whatever's bothering me and to try to use that as a discussion point or a platform to to kind of change things and I didn't see like back when I first started YouTube collaboration channels collab channels were a huge thing there was like Vlogbrothers, Five Awesome Girls, Five Awesome Gays, Five Awesome Guys and I was like, there's no awesome fat chicks. Like, there's no one that's representing me. And, and so I think just kind of my experience of people being so harsh and so awful, I was like, you know, it's a shame that there are so many girls that won't make videos and won't do music because they look like me and they see the comments I get and they don't want to deal with that. So why not? Like, you know, I started this collaboration channel called Project Life Size that I ran for four years. And um, it was the sole intention of finding people that looked more like me that didn't hate themselves or at least like wanted to live in a world where they could be sexy and they could be like intelligent and they could be all these things and have these really full lives um, and discuss those things in a way that I just hadn't seen people 
of different body images really talk about and in a positive way um, and in an honest way you know sometimes you're crying in a video and you are dealing with something that everyone's dealing with but no one's talking about and for me I feel like that's continued on my own channel now of I just I think my healing process is I, w I just want to change things and if I can kind of take all the bullying and all the crappy comments like I know at the end of the day I'm really happy with my life and I I'm comfortable with where I am so I'd rather take all of that and try to make some strides to make other girls looking at me feel like okay being a different size is not the end of my life and it doesn't determine my worth that's so awesome yeah um, and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on for this episode that <laughs> was like Tanja's gets this and I don't uh, get, I, live, I live this life this is my everyday <laughs> yeah Tanja's is doing something about this I mean I I tend to get the like my body image issues have to do with the fact that I'm shorter than everybody else when I was younger is that it, I was underdeveloped so you know I get everything from oh are you a boy to mm -hmm. you know everyone else my age is like 15 16 and starting to look like a pretty girl and I still look like a seventh grader yeah, I got a lot of that then, and now I get, oh, look at that, look at them titties, she's obviously a bimbo, or oh, a whore, yeah. or, you know, obviously doesn't have a brain in there at all, which, stop, stop judging people on their bodies, for everybody, for women, for men, it sucks. It has nothing to do with your personality or your intelligence level or your talent level. No. I think I think honestly like what I've learned along the way is the there are all these kind of initiatives that people put in place, but at the end of the day, the best work that you do, the most honest work that you do and the changes that you you want to see in the world that you make come from just talking and just like putting your story out there and being honest because there are so many, you know, guys and girls growing up that don't have role models, or if they have role models, it's like this unrealistic image. And I think it's just that's why I love YouTube, um, or at least you know some of YouTube, <laughs> because I feel like there are people that have a platform to just be open and honest about life and experiences and and their pasts and the way that people judge them. And it's you kind of are in people's living rooms and in their lives in a way that they they don't have their guard up and they don't feel so manipulated so they're willing to listen to the things you're saying and think okay well how how do I relate to that and have I done something like that have I bullied someone have I made someone feel up have I, have I judged you know for me one of the things I always say is like anything that you say out loud any especially like in regards to a woman's body or anyone's body any time you make a judgment out loud or you tweet something and you're critiquing someone's body the way they look every other person in your life every woman in your life every man in your life is looking at that and saying oh, that's how you think about me. And I think that it's just important for us to realize that uh, when we're talking about other people's bodies, that we're talking about the bodies of people that we love and that are, we're close to. And I think it's just a matter of being respectful and also just appreciating there's so many different kinds of beauty. And, you know, for, for people to get on Twitter and, like, critique Miley Cyrus' body or someone's body and say something awful, it's like, if someone said that about your sister or your friend, you would jump up and you would lose your mind. So where is the line between um, the way you talk about other people and the way that you're reflecting your opinions on people that you care about? And I think it's just important to be conscious of what you put out in the world. That's a really awesome way to think about it. Like that's, that's such a good trick for helping people. Because, you know, I, I feel like 
people see other people do it so often it doesn't seem like a big deal but that's that's a really good way just to reiterate for everyone what Megan just said <laughs> and you say anything bad about someone else's body you're saying that about everyone you know that you love that's such a good way to think of it thank you yeah. um, and now I'm gonna flip it around to a lighter side and ask what you're sitting on naked <laughs> I'm sitting well I do have a towel down on my chair because I'm <laughs> Um, I'm just sitting on a desk chair right now uh, in front of where I record videos. Um, so yeah, super fancy. What are you sitting on right now? I sit on a, well, I have my leather office chair and then I sit on a washcloth so my butt doesn't stick to it. <laughs> See, we're ladies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta, gotta be a lady while being a total hippie. We're, we're classy. Vlogging. Do you feel like a total hippie? Do I what? Feel like a total hippie? Uh, not completely. I just, I feel like I'm, I love being naked in general. Like, I live with a, with a straight single man who, and I'm so lucky that he, I feel so comfortable around him. I walk around my apartment all the time in my underwear, and like, I'd probably walk around naked if, you know, I wouldn't probably traumatize him. Like, I'd, he'd probably bring someone home, and I'd be like, hey, what's up, roommate? <laughs> um, but no, I love, I feel very comfortable walking around, and I think, um, I'm lucky to live in a situation where, like, I'm living with a guy who doesn't ever make me feel bad about my body. And uh, if anything, it's like, eh, you're just doing what you want to do. There's Tom just walking around in her underwear, typical. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm so happy. I'm so glad. Well, um, if people want to find more of your stuff, if they want to hear your lovely music, where can they find it? Um, I'm on YouTube. My username is TanjusML. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Megan Tanjus, Instagram Megan Tanjus, and I also uh, I'm doing this thing called Patreon, where you can get all kinds of um, uh, unreleased music that I'm writing as I'm writing it, and uh, it's kind of like a pledging and reward site. So Patreon.com/slash/MeganTanjus. If you're mm -hmm. seeing it there, it's a lot of Megan Tanjus. <laughs> That's okay. I'm gonna link to it all uh, in the description as well. So is this, hold on, is this weird for you at all? Every time I say link to the description or do this during the naked truth, I feel like I'm pointing at... The, girl, the girls are going to pop up? Every, or yeah. You're pointing, like or you're pointing down at your naughty bits. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Megan, thank you so much for joining me on the naked truth this week. You've been an amazing guest. I couldn't be more honored to have a, a, anyone else. I wouldn't want anyone else as my first guest. You're I, awesome. I did try to get Trisha to have me over so we could just be naked on camera together, but then she said that she would be giving me preferential treatment, so. It's oh, well. true. Then I'd have to let everyone come over my house. <laughs> everyone would be seeing you naked. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be awkward for anybody else, I think. Um, and my question to you guys, anyone out there uh, who's watching, please, in the comment section of this video, let me know your tips and tricks um, for body image, for feeling better about your own body image, for helping you not to criticize other people's body image like Megan threw out there. Um, let's all help each other out, please, and put your personal little life hacks or whatever down in the comment section. And um, as always, thank you guys so much for watching The Naked Truth. If you want to send me naked vlogs, you can send them to my YouTube user inbox. Um, only from the shoulders up. Only, please. No porno <laughs> videos. Um, not this week. <laughs> um, so again, thanks you guys so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, man. What a blast from the past. Am I right? <laughs> I just feel in so many ways like I'm very much the same and very, very different, and that is confirmed by watching this. <laughs>
Would you still describe yourself as a body-loving, puppy-loving nerd? I would still describe myself as those things. I'm into all of it. I've been playing a lot of Minecraft recently, you know, to soothe myself in the middle of a pandemic. I love dogs. Um, I There's a new dog in this house since the last time we recorded. And uh, I am still a body-positive, loving babe. So, yeah, last time I was watching the video, uh, you could hear Margot. And Margot is unfortunately no longer with us. Uh, that was Aww, how my 2020 started off. I know my baby, yikes. Um, but yeah, yikes, so yikes, a lot yikes. of things have changed. And for people who aren't familiar with your work, um, obviously you do a lot of great work within the body positivity um, kind of spectrum of the internet, but you're also a super talented musician. So if people are listening to this podcast and they're like, Ooh, who's this Megan Tonges? Um, where would people might know you from, from all over the internet? Oh my God. There's, there's quite a few places. If it's not me fighting with Instagram back in 2014 about uh, plus size representation and bodies on the site, or it's me uh, on epic rap battles or doing anything with music, which you can find on Spotify and all of these uh, fun places. I'm trying to think where else you might know me. I, I've been around a long time on YouTube. So you've probably seen me in videos with people that you watch or have a friendship with them. Uh, in some capacity because I've been on the internet for forever. <laughs> yeah, you said you started YouTube at 19, right? I did. I started right at the beginning, 2006, um, early 2006. So I was a baby and uh, we none of us had any idea what this was going to be or that it was going to turn into career or our lives. So I was, I was, you know, a naive little baby musician just teaching herself a few chords and, and sharing it with the world. And it's amazing to kind of see how that's grown and in the other ways that I found my voice over the past uh, 13 years. Yeah, I just can't imagine dealing with backlash on in YouTube comments at the age of 19. Like when I started at SourceFed, I was in my 20s. Um, and I still felt like every single comment and on every single video was judging me based on my appearance. Um, and yeah, I can't believe you dealt with that at 19 and, you know, came out of it stronger. What was that like? Well, you know, I was definitely made fun of as a kid and, um, and I knew that I was kind of the fat kid in my school and, and had a lot of experiences with that. Um, but when I started making YouTube videos and I started getting some of those comments that were, you know, even more cruel than what I'd sort of experienced face to face, uh, I was reminded, I was sort of sent back to that place in middle school where I just felt very small. Um, and it, but it conflicted so much with like the confidence that I did have in myself. You know, I'd come out of high school loving like choir and theater and I was going to college for, uh, something I was really interested in. And it just, it brought me back to a place where I felt really low. And so I think a lot of probably 19 until even now has been me sort of going back and trying to heal some of those wounds and, uh, stand up for myself in ways that maybe I didn't, I, I couldn't when I was younger. And that's even within that expression, that's grown uh, and changed over time. I know in the, uh, in the Naked Truth vlog, we kind of talked about how your feelings on body image and your body confidence had changed from high school to where you were in 2014. How would you say they've changed from 2014 until now? I think 2014 was sort of, uh, you know, the beginning of me sort of dipping into I'm uh, I really find myself attractive and, and I'm a sexual being and, and, and just kind of experiencing myself in ways that I hadn't when I was younger, or I didn't even know that I had the capacity to be, or hadn't really seen what that would look like for me. And so I think, yeah, 2014 Tanjus was like, 
having a great time in Los Angeles is what I will say. And just sort of experiencing for the first time in many ways, because I was a late bloomer too. I was a virgin until I was 26, sort of experiencing um, what it was to be wanted. Um, and, you know, I, I look back at that even from 2014 and I can see a lot of things that I was going through and I was experiencing that for me were really exciting and really new. And I, and I, and I was, you know, I was showing up in situations very confidently on the outside, but there was still sort of this, this desire to be wanted in a way that I hadn't before and holding on to things that didn't, you know, I, I wouldn't do it now 35, um, putting myself in situations where, I thought I was I was being uh, you know uh, being wanted felt so much like something I hadn't experienced before and now looking back I can see a lot of trauma that was being compounded by other trauma that was making me very much more people pleasing than yeah. I would say that I've been recently my feelings about my body at that time it was just all so new just feeling good in my in, with myself and and dressing up and going to events and and feeling like on this wave of um, finally I'm saying the things that I want to say and I'm showing up in the way that I want to show up and people are responding in a really positive way. And, and I, I did feel a bit of responsibility for representing, um, you know, other fat girls. And what's changed since then, I think, has been a little bit more of me grounding in myself uh, and healing some things, working on healing some things because it is a process so that I'm not walking into situations still wanting to be liked the way that I I, I kind of unconsciously was. Um, and also not so much focused on the mean words of the internet. There's been so many things that have happened in the past few years that have escalated, like just hearing someone say something mean to me online. It's gone to like doxing and harassment and threats. And I'm way more interested now sort of in the structural, not just being mean to fat people, but how this world is sort of set up to make it harder for us to have access to healthcare, how it, it just, it's, I don't know quite how to describe it, but it's, it's, I'm just going deeper and deeper in sort of my understanding of the history of what it is to be fat in this world and uh, trying to use that to understand and reimagine what that looks like and what that could look like the right people behind it. So I'm just deepening a little bit of my understanding beyond just, I was made fun of and now I'm confident there was still so far for me to go with uh, trusting myself. And I had to have a lot of those experiences um, of probably leaving myself a little bit and uh, and trying to appeal to other people to see that mm, that doesn't feel as good as I thought it would. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about, you know, kind of the big difference in what I'm hearing you say is about being grounded in all of this, um, to use your own words. And I think mm -hmm. that that's a big a big change in a lot of us from our 20s to our 30s is we start to get some more perspective yes. on this. And I mean, I'm with you. I was very, very similar. You know, I was the geeky kid growing up. And then uh, especially, you know, when I developed and I got boobs, <laughs> um, then all of a sudden mm -hmm. it was kind of a very different world for me. And I went through a very, you know, oh man, now I'm, I'm so proud of my body. And then I got on YouTube where everyone kind of shamed me for that. And then I was like, just kidding, maybe I'm not. And I was so worried about, what people would think of me based on first impressions and based on body type. And then I kind of moved into my 30s and had a, a, a more a, a similar, I would say, um, revelation kind of to you did where I'm like, you know what, this is who I am. 
and I'm I'm not as worried about the internet comments and uh, and especially since I had a child. Yeah, you've had a whole life. <laughs> now I I look at my body very differently, right? So before it was like, oh, I have to. I felt this weird societal pressure to kind of walk that fine line between yes, you still want to be sexually attractive, but at the same time, you want to appear to be, you know, very chaste and virginal and wholesome, if you will. And women are tasked with, you know, finding this line between the uh, the y- y- the Madonna versus the escort. Like, you know, you want to be you're supposed to simultaneously be both and neither, which is very confusing. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, I, I know that you know the world that I'm talking about. But yeah, ever since I had a kid, now I am not really hiding my body as much. Like before I was a little ashamed of my hourglass figure. And now I'm like, you know what? That body made a baby. That's right. Whatever. It looks great putting it out there. <laughs> um, but, you know, we go through these changes as we get older and as we experience different things in life. And Megan, I just I really appreciate and I find it really inspiring how you've always found a way to take what was happening in your life, whether it be your online life since you started so young at 19 or your life, you know, outside, just your personal life here in Los Angeles and not only spin it in a positive way for yourself, but use it to create a positive force for good for other people who might be experiencing the same thing. Um, You've always just been fantastic at that. And I know there's so, so many people that have been moved by hearing about your journey. Yeah, I mean, I've been, you know, again, it's it's beyond all of the possible dreams I had when I was younger. I never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing, that I would uh, be taking up space in, in any kind of way, the way that I, I have been. Um, and, you know, I think even going back to like the core of why I started YouTube or, or sort of that those first conversations I started to have, because I started off doing music, I didn't even speak for the first 10 videos. You know, I didn't say my name. I was just sort of teaching myself how to write music and putting it on the internet and just just trusting that it would get to whoever it needed to get to. And it wasn't until I started getting comments or messages from people saying, I look like you and I want to do music, but I see the comments you get and I could never do it. And it sparked in me this sort of rebellious, I you know, desire to like push back and it just fueled me up, I think, to start having conversations that I hadn't even had. But at the core of all of that has always been, even if I couldn't say it, even if I didn't know what the words were, you know, even if I hadn't seen it, I knew intrinsically that I'm here and I deserve to be here and I deserve to exist in whatever body I'm in. And there's so much that's happening in the world and and so many experiences that are so much bigger than the size of my waist or, you know, what kind of, what size of dress I can fit into. And that this world wasn't really created to embrace that. And, And that's been a big part of my 30s too, is I think realizing it's a long game and sort of sort of grounding myself or uh, preparing myself for it's not going to be an instant change overnight. It's not like you're going to say one thing and then all of a sudden everyone's mind is going to change and all of, you know, all the systems that are in place are going to start opening up for different bodies to feel included and to be taken care of. And accepting that has been a a process. But at, Mm -hmm. at the core of it, I think a lot of what the world passes down to us and tells us is through a lens of what they want to sell and, and, and what benefits them. And, and I don't think that that has anything to do with what I'm here to do, which is I'm just here to learn how to love myself in this body, to do the things that I desire doing, that I dream of doing, and um, sort of pushing back on what the world has told me that I'm capable of 
uh, because I look a certain way or I am a certain way. It's just, uh, you know, the excite. It's an exciting but scary process of just creating your own little corner and and doing it for yourself. And the benefit of that is other people might see that and it might loosen things up or ease things up for them within themselves. So they can untangle a little bit of that and follow the dreams that they have. Um, or just talk to themselves a little bit kinder, you know, undo some generational trauma, undo some of the things that they're experiencing in their families for their kids. And uh, that's just, that's not something I thought of when I started, but it's a benefit that I've definitely seen uh, over the years going to conferences and hugging people and, and meeting them and just seeing the little ways that you can change someone's life just by being yourself. I miss conferences. <laughs> I do miss hugs, man. I don't even know how to do it anymore. I used to give, listen, I'm not, I'll pat myself in the back. I used to give some great Midwest hugs, okay? I was known amongst the internet for giving a good hug. And I don't even think I know how to do it anymore. Like my bones don't even understand what pressure is against another person <laughs> after this uh, year. We'll get back there. I know we I will. Hope. I know we will. You'll be right back to hugging everybody that you inspire soon. I hope. Speaking of people you inspire and, you know, having your journey help other folks. We have a message from Naked Truth podcast listener, Abraham. Let's listen to that now. Hey, Trisha. It's Abraham here again. Um, this is about the Naked Truth on body image. And I absolutely remember that original Naked Truth you did with Megan Tonges. Now, on my side, I've always been talking about like how I've been sort of open to the concept of body positivity. And I've seen so much has changed over the last uh, six, more over a decade since I opened up to be, you know, uh, part of this sort of movement. So my question is, how do you feel um, your show has impacted uh, the body positivity movement? Uh, and for some cases, some people call it naturism. And how has it maybe helped uh, maybe uh, you as well uh, in terms of accepting uh, who you are? Thanks, Tresha. Mm, those are good questions. <laughs> those are good questions. I mean, for me, I would say, you know, part of the reason I started doing The Naked Truth was to be more comfortable in my own skin, <laughs> quite literally, um, and and not not worry about people judging me based on how I looked. Um, and, you know, for The Naked Truth, it was less about body image and more about, uh, you know, styling and makeup and fashion and trying people trying to kind of cookie cut, cut or put you in a box. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it was a, a lot about being, being comfortable in my own skin and hoping that the show would encourage other people to feel a little bit more, um, more just confident in who they are just as they are with no need to put on a false pretense that is a makeup or a hairstyle or something like that. Now, granted, if you feel like that embellishes you by all means, if that helps you better express who you are, those things are awesome. They're not bad in and of themselves. Um, but I was personally dealing with um, feeling like people were trying to put me in a specific box to brand me a certain way. And that's what I was rebelling against. So did the naked truth and kind of my work through that help me to 
feel more confident in my own skin over the years? 100%. I mean, you can hear it when you go back and look at, you know, the original Naked Truth on Body Image that Megan and I did. Uh, and, you know, my voice is pitched higher. And I know, both of us just laughing much higher and yep. like riding out the anxiety of being young. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, as I've gotten older, I've certainly settled much more into this, um, this confidence in who I am and that being who I am is enough, which was the whole purpose of it. So I don't know if the naked truth was as impactful in the rest of the world as it was on me, but it was certainly my work has been very therapeutic on me, uh, to help with my, with my body image and, you know, really how I see myself. How about you, Megan? I mean, yeah, the incredible thing about sort of, you know, this show and and just what we do in general is that you just never know who it's reaching and when it's reaching them. So there are episodes or, you know, that you've done or things that I've done that will live far beyond us. And I think that's really incredible to, to create something, even if it is just about you finding yourself that can possibly have that impact and make someone else feel a little bit more seen one day. For me, uh, you know, again, I was just sort of, I had never heard the term body positivity. I didn't grow up with that. I had no idea about fat liberation. I had no idea about the roots of like racism within, you know, a lot of the body shame and fat phobia. I had no idea. All I knew was that I didn't want to be made to feel like I was less than because I didn't believe that I was less than because of my body. And the more that I learned, the more that I became aware of, I was listening to other people and following other fat women, especially who were really deep into the theory and breaking things down and, and creating, you know, I was following um, someone named the Milton Baker, Jess Baker, who uh, years and years ago was having people take their scales and break them, you know, just like these little kind of digital protests. And I was so fascinated by what it, what it looked like when you could really be who you were and also say, yeah, what the world's handed down to me, I don't accept it. Um, and so a lot of the things that I was talking about, I was just, just learning about. I was I was hearing about them and it was infuriating me or it was just um, making me sad or it was, it was making me feel a bunch of different emotions, in some ways feeling a little bit more liberated in, you know, pushing it, just going even further of what, you know, the demand that I have for life or the, the things that I, I expect, the way that I expect to be treated and the way that I should be treated. And a lot of that was me learning um, for myself and doing it publicly. So, you know, much like you, it's, you, you start it because you feel something in you that needs to be healed or you you're learning or you just want to share. I've had a lot of backlash and I've had a lot of not so nice comments. Uh, it's the nicest way to say that, but I've also had a really incredible community of people that have found me. I have a lot of people that leave comments saying, you, you know, I just started making TikToks recently because there's always a new app. There's always a new thing to get into. And, uh, I've had quite a few comments from people saying, oh my God, Megan Tonjes, like 13 years ago, you, you said I'd never heard about body positivity in my life and you were the first person I saw that said something about it. And that feels really cool to have that legacy. Um, and, and I think that I was just, I was just, you know, I was lucky enough to sort of be in the beginning of YouTube, uh, be one of the more visible fat people on the site and be willing to talk about it. Um, and how it's changed me has been in every conceivable possible way down to just feeling confident to express myself, to stand up for myself. Um, I walk into a lot of situations, not that I forget that I'm fat, but 
I don't even necessarily think about what other people are thinking about me in that way in the beginning. Like even when it comes to men, when it comes to uh, business, whatever, it's like I walk in and I'm like, I mean, you should be attracted to me. You should think I'm great. <laughs> you should. Hell yeah. I do, I do have a good idea. And so um, it's always something that's there, but I, it's not, I, it's not a focus or a fear or a shield that I'm holding up of what I think people are going to do. I sort of walk into more situations knowing my worth a little bit more. And I think that, you know, again, people can say whatever they want behind the scenes and maybe the conversations that are happening without me in the room are much different. I'm sure they are. But at the end of the day, I'm having a great time and I'm going to make what I want to make regardless, however that is. And uh, whoever is there to support it will be there to support it and they'll be the right people. So Megan, would you say now, given given this perspective that you have and wisdom over the years now into your 30s, uh, yeah. what advice would you give people now that might be different than what you had said in 2014? Like if you want to leave our listeners with any message from Megan Tanja's now in 2021, what would it be? Mm. My advice and something that I'm learning, right? Because I've been pretty outspoken and pretty vocal. Anything that, you know, people are wearing fat suits and things or, you know, I've been very reactive. I jump up and I'm, I'm like, I'll make the first video talking about it and I'll be very brutal about, my, you know, it's very severe sometimes. And it, sometimes I'm arriving to the situation with the emotion it's inspired. And that uh, has served its purpose. And, and I totally get that. But now we're living in a much more sort of reactionary internet world. And what I've started to realize and feel is, you know, I don't want to be upset every time I see something that I don't like or I don't agree with or um, that, you know, all of a sudden I'm a 12 year old kid again that's being bullied. And again, you know, in your 30s, you start to realize the world's not going to change as quickly as I wanted to. There have been a lot of people, everyone born in this world at a time that didn't fit what they deserved. And some of those things changed really quickly and some of them did not while they were still here. And so I'm accepting that. And the thing that I'm learning and hopefully I can pass on is start asking yourself, you know, do you actually have the issue with your body? Is, is it something that you have, you know, what voice are you hearing it in? Where did it start? Like, what is, where is it coming from? Because I think a lot of times if you really sit with yourself, you'll realize that you, you didn't feel this way on your own. You picked this up along the way. You acclimated to what other people were saying about their bodies and and how they pointed things out in themselves that were flaws. And you probably accepted it as truth or it was just easier to accept it because, you know, it, less conflict. And I would say start going a little bit deeper and, and, and being there for yourself, knowing that even if someone is making a fat joke or is doing something, it's such a reflection of them and where they are. And what I'm learning, because it's I'm still in it is sometimes I'm going at the person, but what I'm fighting is so much bigger than that person. It's it's a distraction that, you know, diet culture, diet, the business of diets and, and all of this, and society at large, really, they want us to fight about these these things that aren't little because they hurt and they, they bring all this up for us. And, it, you know, language is important and it does drive things. But I've started to look at people with a little bit more softness and understand that the way that they're speaking about me is so much a reflection of how they speak about themselves, how they feel about themselves, the traps that they're kind of caught in with their body. And they're speaking from a place of fear. They're speaking from a place of trying to hold on to something that 
keeps them, you know, feeling normal or better or accepted. And I can understand that as a person. I understand what it, what, you know, you, you want to fit in. You don't want to be the one that the odd one out. And so I'm just starting to see people and not pity them, but understand that before I knew what I knew, I was much closer to that, to that understanding and acceptance than I, than, than I am today. And it was a process and I can't, you know, I can't do that for them. But what I can do is be myself, feel comfortable with myself, find the things that I love, be love really. And if it gives them the opportunity or they feel safe and starting to question themselves or maybe how they're coming at it, it's a benefit. But at the end of the day, I can't wait for anyone else to love me the way that I'm going to love me. That is fantastic advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Megan, you are such an inspiration not only to me, but to so many other people out there from all of your years of body positivity activism and from all of your content that you've put out and really just, you know, sharing love and positivity all over the internet in general, whether it be body Thank positivity you. and body love or otherwise. Um, it, it feels like a lot of tough love, I know, to people. And, and um, you know, sometimes you need a little tough love for yourself. That's very true. Yes, you do. Um, so I wanted to take a moment, Megan, to absolutely thank you for coming on the podcast this week. You are always, like I said, such an inspiration and such a joy to speak with and to learn from. If people want to find more of your content, because I'm sure listening to this, if they hadn't heard of you before, now they're hooked. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me most places at Megan Tonjes. You can also uh, check out, I have a few podcasts, but the one that you should check out right now is No Lies Detected with my friend Michelle Moore. Every Wednesday we have a new episode. And uh, if you want some more of this deep dive into self-love and sort of, you know, we talk about the truths you need to know and the lies that we tell ourselves. And I think that that would be a good place for you to check out. Awesome. Uh, so thank you so much to everyone who sent in audio messages to be part of the podcast this week. If you want to do that in the future, you can do so on anchor.fm slash Trisha hyphen Hirschberger. And the next few episodes will be on college and rejection. So feel free to send in any questions or comments on those topics. And you just may hear your comment or question on a future episode. Huge thank you again to Megan for coming on the show. You are so awesome. And a uh, huge thank you to the official anchor supporters of the Naked Truth podcast and to all of you out there who are listening to this, who are sharing this with friends. You are the absolute best. So in summary, uh, and Megan, feel free to chime in here, but mm -hmm. love yourself. Listen to who the voices are coming from. Like you said, Megan, whether they're coming from yourself or coming from outside yourself and help figure that out and uh, let that guide where you go in the future. Yeah, I'm here. Even if you can't love yourself, just stop. Give less time and attention to hating yourself. That'll, that'll start the process. Even if you can just get to liking yourself, I promise you it's much more worthwhile than, you know, being at war with yourself every time you look in a mirror. Facts. This has been The Naked Truth. Thanks for listening.